Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Tim and Julie Harris broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. I think it's going to be a fun show, and it probably will be a multi-part series, but we'll see how it goes. And uh, I think it's all good stuff. should be fun. It'll definitely be, it'll definitely be a two- or three-day show. So I'm going to set up today's show, guys, and this is exactly what happened. So Julie and I um, are, you know, we are driving from one thing to another. I don't remember what. But anyway, I had this little mind rush of things. All these thoughts have just kind of bounced in my, my mind. Uh, and they were building on top of each other. And I realized what I was doing is I was in my mind writing a radio show. And so I started sharing it with Julie. And you know what we came up with is we came up with, a, I think, a really, really thorough list of 20 things that are really, I would call them unconventional truths or unconventional wisdom or really things that, frankly, um, nobody's going to tell you. There's so many myths about what it takes to be successful. There's so many myths about what it takes, uh, basically how you maintain success. There's so many lies out there that are passed from one person to the next, one generation to the next about wealth accumulation. And actually, I'll tell you the founding the thought for all this. And, and guys, uh, this is going to seem overly nerdy for some of you, but for a nerd like me and Julie, it's really fascinating. <laughs> so there's this family, one of the wealthiest families, and they're rumored to be the wealthiest family in the world, and they have been for literally uh, since the 1500s. Okay, it's called the Rothschild family. I won't give you guys the big long history of it, but you all should research Rothschild. Uh, just go to Wikipedia. That's the article that I read uh, after I got started on um, this sort of exploration into basically what it takes. Well, how you know, essentially, what are the uh, ways that you can create generational wealth, and so why not just study the family that's uh, probably the most successful at creating generational wealth, the Rothschilds. And, and the things I read about them, the things that they had done in history, the things, the way that they were able to expand and the, the approaches they took. So you guys have heard this one before. Ready for this one? When there's, you know, this is, this is the quote, but, you know, don't take it, you know, literally, but this is the quote. When there's blood on the streets uh, by, real, uh, by real estate. You guys have heard that before? Now, it's been misquoted a bunch of times. That the essence, and the word real estate has been replaced sometimes with basically that's when you, you, know, you want to take action when other people are not taking action. Um, you know, there's been a lot of um, – Warren Buffett said something very similar to that. When there's, you know, when there's greed, be fearful. When there's fear, be greedy. That, that would be kind of a modern interpretation of the thing. But when there's blood on the streets by real estate was – said by Baron von Rothschild. So it was literally these guys have been around, and they are probably the best source to go to when you're looking for how to create long-term, ever-increasing wealth. I think everyone will agree that if you're going to be wanting to study uh, someone who is the best at something, study that family. So I, I read that wiki article, then I read some other things and some other things. I'm no, no way am I an expert at it. But then I began thinking about all you guys. I mean, this is the number one as far as what I'm told, I mean, we have 130 some thousand, 35,000 listeners this month. You know, this is so. This is a really, really well received podcast. And I was thinking to myself, when Julie and I originally got into real estate, basically 20 years ago, you know, more than 20 years ago. What are the things that really I wish I would have known, or what are the things that I've learned along the way that I had to learn from experience, uh, 
or I had to learn from somebody that was so far you know, up the ladder from us, but I never read it in any other place. It's one of those things that you get to know – when you get to know somebody who's really, really successful, then they'll point something out. And I'll give you guys an example, for example, and then we're going to get to our points. So this was back in 1989, 1990. Uh, Julie and I were uh, involved in a dot-com startup. Now, this was an idea that we had because we were involved with YEO, YPO. We went to a conference. We got motivated. We came up with this really what was a great idea. We, were, we attracted a, a really powerful team. We had investors. We had all these things that were happening. And then the dot-com bubble burst, and basically all the funding dried up. But this is, this is a long time ago. But here's the thing. I went to uh, a guy named Jim Klumbiel. And Jim Klumbiel was one of the original founders of the REIT concept. Now, he had started in where we're from, Columbus, Ohio, and he moved out west. But so I got to know this guy somewhat because he uh, he wasn't really interested in being an investor, but what he was interested in doing is passing along some really incredibly powerful advice. And I've shared this with the listeners, uh, with all of you guys before. But here here's the essence of it. Um, the essence of it was, uh, and this is what I thought was really fascinating. What he said, he said a couple things, but the one that stayed with me the longest is when the going gets tough, the smart leave. And I, and I thought that was something that at the time was almost a little offensive because it was the absolute parallel opposite of what I'd been led to believe was the right approach to take in life. Like when the going gets tough, you buckle down. And he said that he had learned that, ready for this, guys, um, from Julie, who, who, what's the name I'm trying to think of, the, the famous in, investor. Uh, uh, he it wasn't had, Warren Buffett. Um, it'll come to me as soon as you start talking again. So he had been in a YPO mastermind group, and this other guy, and as soon as we remember his name, I'll tell you. Anyway, this guy had told him that. So that's, that's really how all this stuff evolved. So he told us this unconventional truth that you'd never read anywhere and never heard anywhere, and that put my mind in a place of opening it up to the fact that rich people – and this guy's a billionaire, okay, guys? So this opened my mind up to the fact that rich people do really think differently. Then later in our life, we came across another guy, and this guy we ran across from being involved in Howard's as the Howard Britton star. And, um, you know, he's somebody else that took a, a shine to us, took an interest in us, and I would occasionally get phone calls from him. And, you know, he's since passed away. But he's somebody else that I learned a ton of really incredibly powerful things from. And, you know, the funny thing about a lot of these things is that when they say them, it almost sounds like they're, they didn't say it right, and so you write it down. And then when you go back and you think about what they really truly meant, you realize how convoluted um, thinking is in the United States about money, about wealth accumulation, about long-term success, um, you know, about a lot of the things that we're being taught, not just in um, our homes and not the things that we're just teaching our kids, but also the things that are being taught in school. So... There really is a book of secrets, if you want to call it that, that long-term legacy wealthy people have that the rest of us have access to as long as we have access to them. Now, that's the truth. Uh, so I'm going to share with you, and Julie and I are going to talk about the next, uh, this show and a couple others, about the, what we think might be the 20 most powerful relevant points to all of you. So you guys take these things seriously. A lot of these things, trust me when I tell you, they're going to be offensive. <laughs> like when Jim Columbia originally said when the going gets tough, the smart, get go or the smart leave opposed to the smart get going. When I originally heard that, I was offensive. So be monitoring yourself for any of those points where you're hearing us talk about something. And if you feel yourself offended, write that down, and then I promise you that's where your growth needs to be. Wherever you're resisting is where your growth needs to be. Whenever you come across a thought that kind of raises your cackles, 
that thought in particular, for some particular reason, is something that you need to be drilling down on. So think about it. Don't just, like, brush it off because then you won't grow. You won't get better. Does that make sense, Julie? Yeah, absolutely. And it might be like some of the points that hit us maybe three months later, three years later, ten years later. You sit with it, you think about it, and then you have that aha moment. So it's okay if some of these points resonate more than others. Just write this down. Believe me when we tell you this is going to serve you well. So let's jump right in. Point number one, embrace the fact that skill plus motivation equals never being broke. This means that once you have enough skill that your business is indeed predictable and you maintain motivation through goal setting, giving back, and gratitude, you'll never have money struggles again. This is such a huge point, Tim. I remember, you know, I was thinking about this point that this comes out both when you're doing really well and you're freaking out that now you've got to go do it again, which happens, you know, pretty much all the time in real estate when you had a successful year, month, week, et cetera. And it also happens when maybe you have a slower month and you're freaking out that maybe now you've got to go do it over again. So embrace the fact that when you have both skill and motivation, it becomes virtually impossible for you to ever be truly broke again. That's something that well, we went you- through reminding ourselves, you know, what's the, the history of having done well. You know, past performance is a good indicator of future success. Go ahead. But well, we, want to, we want to caution all of you. Motivation is one of those topics – you know, we're going to do a series of radio shows on positive thinking. Positive thinking itself is actually becoming debunked as far as something that isn't really that effective. I mean, how many of you guys have had positive thoughts and not actually manifested whatever it is you were trying to manifest? Well, there's been a lot of neuroscience uh, research that's been coming out really in the past two or three years that ex- explains what happens actually physiologically with the types of thoughts you have, positive thinking thoughts in particular, and sometimes those are detrimental. So when you hear Julie use the word motivation, be very clear about what that truly means. Motivation is not some sort of mystical, mystical mythical thing that you have to feel in order to get into action. Uh, motivation comes from the action. The feeling like doing it comes from the doing it, not from basically waiting around to feel like you need to do it. So many of you guys listen right now, you're not getting what you want to get out of life because you're waiting around to you know, feel motivated. And we're going to talk about some of these other finer points in a second, so I don't want to jump on any of our you know, additional points. But please do not get suckered in to this panacea sort of deep well of BS about motivation. Motivation is something that you earn when you get into action. So be very clear about that. Next point, Jules. Exactly. So point number two, pay your taxes on time or ahead. This just seems like a, okay, well, duh, type of point. But I'll tell you what, no one ever explains this to you when you get your real estate license. Your broker and your office manager are not in charge of your tax liabilities. Only you are. Incorporate, pay your quarterlies, don't get behind. And if you don't want to go through all of that just yet, the simple solution is to separate, have separate accounts. Every time you get paid, you have an operations account, a savings account, and a tax account. I can't tell you how many coaching calls I've had where agents say, oh, yeah, I've got the taxes in savings. Well, is it really your savings account? Are you looking at your savings or as it's your money? Or are you clear that there is a certain percent that is tax money you will be sending away one way or the other, hopefully without penalties, and don't mix the two? You should always have three accounts, operations, real savings, as in you're going to keep it, and taxes, which you are indeed going to send away. Some of our coaching clients just keep a a simple spreadsheet. Every time they get paid, they send the money away. You know, as you get more sophisticated, you get uh, incorporated, you do your quarterlies, and you do it the right way. Well, let's, Billy, let's, 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 let's not, let's, 
Let's drill down on that. So, guys, here's the structure that a lot of you, and we're not tax advisors, we're not attorneys, but here's the structure that you guys should seriously consider doing. First of all, all you, you can't, basically, essentially, you have to have the tax benefits of being a sub-S corporation. And I'm not going to go into the whys because it's, again, not our field. But you should have the tax advantages of being a sub-S corporation. I'm not even sure if this applies to different, in different states, but from a, from a, a you know, structural perspective, this is how it works. So you can call your corporation whatever you want to call it. And then when you get a commission check, you have that commission check or you deposit that commission check into the corporation. Then what you do, and this is the way that you never – if you do this, you will never get in trouble with uh, any sort of taxing authority, okay? Then you have paychecks or some other sort of payroll company issue you a paycheck. Now, the benefit of doing that is they, you can root the money into different buckets. They'll do it for you automatically. You don't have to think about it. So if you have your money – let's say you have a closing – and the, clo- the check goes to your broker. The broker then basically will issue a check. That's the standard way it's being done. A lot of brokers nowadays can then wire the money. They'll, so they'll wire the money directly uh, to your corporation's pay, uh, uh, account. Paychecks then debits that account and pulls out your payroll. You decide what your payroll is. You can change your payroll every two weeks depending on your cash flow. But what paychecks will do is they'll pay all the taxes to everybody. So automatically that will all be taken care of for you. In addition to that – you can instruct them, and this is going to Julie's next point, you can instruct them to set aside a certain percent of every check you earn and put that into your, your SEPs and your ROTs, your retirement accounts, which you should all be doing because if for no other reason, basically it reduces your tax liability. So if you flow the money that way and you have a paychecks-type company, and there's lots of them that do it. We use paychecks in our business. But if you have a paychecks-type company that does that, they then will basically make it so all the tax people are always paid. Now, if given the option... Like say for example you have a fan, a crappy you know quarter and then a great quarter and then a great quarter and then a crappy quarter that's typically the way most you know there's there's depending on where you live in the country there's usually a bell curve to revenue you need to anticipate that you're going to have some slower months so you might want to basically also into Julie's next point you definitely want to have uh, and remember guys these are all points a lot of these things you should know by now and if you don't you need to take these seriously because nothing ruins a um, an occasional you know, a great year, more than basically a nasty letter from the IRS. Nothing will uh, put a damper on your holiday celebrations more than realizing that, you know, things weren't handled correctly with your taxes and now you have to play catch-up. My fear is for many of you guys, especially some of you are coming off of some of your best earning years, let alone months of your entire lives, I pretty much can guarantee you that most of you haven't had the discipline to pay enough in taxes. That's going to catch up with you. Get ahead of it now. Please take these things seriously. Point number three. Now, these points don't necessarily go hand in hand, but point two and three certainly do. Point number three is pay yourself first. Um, This is so important. You guys have heard this before. Pay yourself first. Pay yourself 10% minimum from every check earned, even if you don't think you can afford it. It's the only way you're – that your savings will ever increase. It's the only way you're ever going to actually have something to show for your work. The hard part in doing that is the discipline of the uh, of actually having getting it done. That's going back to the reason why we would suggest you have all this done electronically. Again, go through and listen to the previous point and how the money should flow. Broker flows the corporation. You own the corporation. Corporation, then basically your pay is taken out by paychecks. Paychecks then pays all the taxes. You can also then have it so the system will automatically uh, set aside a certain amount of money in retirement accounts. And then you can also have the system automatically basically uh, 
transfer money to a savings account. These are all the types of things that you guys need to seriously consider doing so that you can have money uh, at basically as close to being in control as possible. When you follow this system, guys, when you do it like what we're suggesting you do it, you won't have those you know, 3 a.m. night sweats about what's going on with your cash flow or worrying about any sort of, you know, did this get paid or that get paid? This is a professional way to do it. Then over time, you guys can accumulate a lot of wealth because with, with that 10%, that's going to accumulate. And as you, if you have debt, you're going to pay off debt. Um, and then after that 10%, you know, you've been doing that for six months. You've paid off some debt. Then you go to uh, 20% or 30%. Dave Ramsey books, depending on where you are in the financial spectrum, are fantastic, easy to apply, gives you really a lot of great techniques. Just do what Dave Ramsey suggests if you guys have any debt that needs to be paid off. If you guys are a little bit uh, further down or further crossing the bridge, there's uh, you know great books he's written on legacy and things like that. That's a little bit more advanced, but you know a lot of the, you know, frankly, a lot of the uh, advanced concepts like the ones we're sharing with you today. If you apply those today, even if you're still in the debt payoff stage of your financial uh, life will put you in a lot better position, say, five or ten years from now. These are the things that we wish, frankly, people would have been more clear with us about. <laughs> you know, It wasn't until somebody pulled us aside, and this, this is the guy I was telling you guys about in Florida, and I asked him, how did you become a billionaire? How did you actually do it? And he literally told me, he, this is what he said, it's on a phone call, I'll never forget it. He said, when my wife and I started out, we were you know, buying and selling farmland. And some of you guys who know, have known us for a long time, you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to use his name, but you guys know who I'm talking about. And uh, then we started flipping farms, and then we started getting into other types of investments. But what we did is we'd take a set, we had no debt, we paid off of our house, we paid off everything, and then we pulled 10% out, and then we increased it to 20 then 30 then 40 then 50 And then we'd just take that money, and we'd constantly be re- reinvesting that and buying assets. Um, and that's how the guy became a billionaire. He owned maple uh see no walnut a uh, huge forest of walnut trees in uh in canada he owned gas and oil uh pipelines <laughs> he owned part of like the florida marlins for a while uh, you know it's just one of those people that you talk to you think well how the hell does a, you know walnut trees and owning part of a you know baseball team or whatever how did this but it somehow he was able to have those opportunities and because he had the cash he was able to buy in um so that all starts these tiny little steps where a lot of people go wrong is they don't have confidence in the accumulation effect. So you have a check that comes in for 10000 You say, ah, I put 1000 in the savings account, big deal. Yeah, well, maybe it's not a big deal now. But if you do that for the next year or two, that number is going to accumulate, and you're going to be in a place and have a totally different trajectory than you maybe ever thought possible. Again, guys, these are all the little things that you, know, you might know intuitively or maybe you've read or come across, but are you doing them? Julie, what's the next point? Exactly. All right. So the next point is there is no, quote, big eagle ready to fly over and drop a bag of cash upon you. Well, what does this point mean? Stop waiting for, praying for, hoping for the big money event. This is so prevalent in real estate. It's not a plan. It's not predictable, duplicatable, or sustainable to be thinking this way. If and when it does happen, and it may, you hear about deals like this or you wouldn't be believing in it, could be both sides of a big deal, larger than normal sale for you. It could happen. But when it does, you'll manage it the same way as your other checks. 10% to you, 20% to savings, 20% to taxes, that sort of thing. Okay? Handle the big checks just like you handle the small checks and stop planning on, I mean, how many times, Tim, have you heard in the past, well, I'll just get my taxes paid off when I have a big deal close. Or I'll start saving 
on that next, you know, I normally do three deals a month. As soon as I do a fourth deal, I'm just going to save all that money. When in fact, you're not even saving that because you also owe taxes on it, but stop believing in the big eagle ready to fly over and drop a bag of cash on you. That's not healthy thinking. It's not good business maturity. And yet we still hear about it all the time in real estate. Well, look how that manifests too. Yeah. Well, but it manifests in different ways, right? It manifests in the person that rationalizes they're not going to save anything because they're like waiting for the big closing. That's so common in real estate. You know, it's, it's almost, it is sad. You see sometimes people, but that same way of thinking, that procrastinating of really taking responsibility for yourself and your, in your goals, it also manifests in looking for your big why or, you know, can't find my passion. And we're going to touch on some of these points. But here's the overall thought that I want you guys to have. And I know, again, this is going to be one of those things that's going to offend some of you, but I promise you it's true. And don't learn the hard way. Just operate on the assumption that what I'm telling you is that God-honest truth. Nobody wants you to be rich. Nobody wants you to be rich. Not a single person wants you to be rich. They'll, they'll tell you that they want you to be rich. They'll act like they want you to be rich, but nobody wants you to be rich. The government doesn't want you to be rich. Um, <laughs> your family doesn't want you to be rich. Your friends don't want you to be rich. Nobody is going to support you as you try to accumulate wealth, I promise you. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why. And you guys, you've already experienced it. You know, I remember very clearly when Julie and I sold over 100 houses when we were in our early 20s, our first year in business. And we had made multiples more than either one of our fathers, you know, had ever done in there. I mean, we'd made basically enough money that year. There was a, it was equal to literally about, I would say, 10 years worth of the amount of money my dad would earn per year when he was working. Julie's dad was similar. So we had basically gotten to a point financially that they, my father more than Julie's, literally started to have issues and it, because it picks out a lot of scabs. Like they start thinking to themselves subconsciously, and my dad later told me this. He, my dad actually told me, um, and my mom as well, that my dad was actually jealous of the fact that we were able to earn that much money that relatively that quick at that age. And, and, you know, I thought that was that, – now, that didn't happen until years later that I was actually told that. But I can tell you that when we earned that amount of money our first year in the business, he had a problem with it. And it was an absolutely obvious problem. And we sensed that in other aspects of both of our families. We lost friends because of it. Now, we weren't walking around saying, hey, we earned – you know, we weren't doing that. Um, we bought one indulgence. It was a slightly used uh, BMW. <laughs> you know, that was it. And and we still bought clothes from you know back when Julie and I got into real estate right out of college. We didn't have any money to buy work clothes, so Julie and I literally were buying them from consignment stores. These are all true stories. You guys may have you know we've heard about you heard us talking about this before. That's how poor we were. So the moral of the story is, is we started to sense around us people that were starting to feel uncomfortable around us because they started noticing that we were becoming more successful, because we, had, we were focused on a big goal or several big goals, because you guys get the point. So when you get to a, a point where you start to become successful and all of a sudden you feel the resistance from the people that are closer, closest to you, it could be even your broker. It could be you know, your uh, other fellow agents, especially your fellow agents. It could be your family. It could be your friends. They're literally going to start to feel um, almost – resentful, angry. You're going, to, you're going to pick up these vibes from them, and it's going to make you uncomfortable. That's normal. It's natural. It's part of the process. And we're going to talk more about this uh, tomorrow. But what eventually will happen is you will, opposed to, like, you're, you're essentially the person 
who's going to break free of the paradigm that has been, you know, that bubble, the bubble of everyone you know. And all of a sudden, you're going to show that there's actually a different way you can live. You're going to show that you actually can um, become rich. You can buy that rental property. You can pay your house off. You can go on that trip you've always wanted to go on. And then it goes, so you went, you were the person that went from talking about it to the person that actually did it. Now, there's something else that's happening in our society right now that I sense from time to time, which is really, truly ugly. And again, these are future points I'm starting to touching on, but it's worth mentioning, is there are actually are people in society that believe that rich people take from poor people. In other words, for you to accumulate wealth, you actually had to hurt somebody else. There's people that actually believe that. And if you happen to be friends with some of those people and you start becoming wealthy, well, guess what's going to happen? You know, you're going to get those that bad mojo direct towards you. So these are all normal things that no one will tell you, but you will experience. And you probably have all touched on things like that before. And maybe sometimes when you've had these similar experiences, they put them back on your you put back been put back on your heels to the point where you stop pushing because it felt so uncomfortable. Well, we're going to. Uh, essentially shine the light on the path that you guys can take if you're ready to get back to your climbing of your own personal mountain. Listen, I forgot to mention this. Guys, listen, um, a lot of you, literally hundreds of you, are interested in our coaching, and I appreciate that. And I love the opportunity uh, to, uh, and the honor, frankly, to become your coach. All you got to do to learn more about our coaching program is fill out that form. It's on your mobile device. It's on your desktop. Name, email, phone number. Someone from our staff will call you back just by completing that form. That's all you have to do. We're going to email you immediately the six books. The coaching program, when you choose to take advantage of it, when you use the student approval program, which all of you are approved for, thus the name, it's only $99 a month. So this really is a no-brainer. Um, look, we obviously resonate with over 100,000 of you. You guys hopefully like what we're saying. If you ever have any suggestions for us, any tips, any ideas, any people we should be interviewing, any topics you want us to explore, email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Julie, do you think this is a good uh, spot for us to jump off and we'll pick up tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. I think that should work. And, and, you know, maybe the subtitle is stuff that we wish people would have told us a lot sooner. So we're trying to uh, shorten some learning curves and maybe alleviate some stress and anxiety for some of you guys. So, again, even if you haven't come across some of this just yet, it's probably going to happen this afternoon, right? So just be aware and have that resonate with you. We've got your back. That's why people sign up with coaching because we've actually been there, done that, and walked in your shoes. We know what it's like to have these feelings, and we're here to make it a little bit easier for you guys. Well, so I started out today's show by telling you guys about the Rothschild family, and that's going to be your homework. Just go and read the wiki on them. You know, it's pretty freaking amazing. They started out accumulating and started out basically being the world's bankers, which they truly are. And remember, guys, the word on the street is that they're the wealthiest family by a country mile. You know, Bill Gates is supposedly around $70 million or whatever. Well, supposedly the total wealth accumulation of this family, and it doesn't even show up on any of the Forbes list or anything like that, is like multiples, like six, seven, ten times as much. So, you know, these guys have shown a path. And I bet you, I guarantee you, that around the dinner table, they were talking about the things that we're talking to you guys about. They weren't talking about football scores, or they weren't talking about politics. They weren't talking about probably any of that crap. They were talking about the disciplines of what it takes to form a legacy. They were talking about the disciplines of what it takes to basically create something magnificent that lasts hundreds and hundreds of years. Isn't that kind of incredible to think about that that 
wisdom is actually available. And, and hopefully you guys are picking some things up from today's show. And like I said, we're going to do two additional shows about this at, so we can go through our other points. We might think of some other points along the way. If you guys can think of any points that we haven't shared, again, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. In the meantime, guys, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. Thank you for making this show such a success. Um, and do uh, do the research on the Rothschild family. Like I said, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty incredible. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.